Welcome to another GNA podcast. GNA, games, nerds, and alcohol, where we get drunk and talk about stuff. Tonight we've got uh, we've got some great moldy oldies coming back. I say moldy oldies because I'm pretty sure D is just gonna die on one of the podcasts one of the times. So we got D from Microbrew Gamers joining us. Prost. How you doing tonight, man? Alive and drinking. All right, all right. And we've got Zyberblood from Zyber Games joining us as well. Heyo. How's it going, everyone? Good, man. How you feeling? I'm feeling good. I've been maintaining my buzz ever since last night. I know, man. You were kicking into that rum hardcore. Hell yeah. Just gotta get drank. We've got a super special guest with us tonight. Uh, D has actually... Uh, I, I don't know how he must have bribed him... Um, roped him in possibly kidnapped him i'm not 100 percent sure i don't ask questions but we've got uh the god i don't even know how to describe you your musical director the musical creator the musical person from the indie game claire david mason how are you doing tonight good yep dude fantastic thank you for joining us tonight no problem so i, I gotta ask did did d actually promise promise you plutonium like he said he did actually. I'm waiting for it. All right, I'm I'm gonna get in touch with Doc Brown. Um, just uh, keep <laughs> in mind any kind of plutonium coming from D. Uh, there's gonna be some sort of tracker on it, so you might want to, you know, hide FedEx anyone special. Be mad. Uh, FedEx is gonna be mad. They're gonna glow in the dark. <laughs> so, let's go into the the of course the most important part of the night. Um, what is everybody drinking? So. Uh, David, are you drinking with us tonight at all? I am not currently, no. That's all right. That's all right. We'll hold that against you throughout the entire show. Um, oh, I'm sure. <laughs> Zyberblood, uh, you've been maintaining. What are you drinking tonight? Well, I've been maintaining with Captain Peppers. Uh, three shots of Captain Morgan spice rum and about uh, six to eight ounces of Dr. Pepper. Man, you know what? I've never been a big Dr. Pepper fan, but I've honestly never said I've mixed it with captain morgan so what's that like what's it uh... um it's great in the sense of every sip is a new flavor note followed by a rainbow of flavor notes uh dr pepper it there's like 20 some odd flavors in it and the rum for whatever reason picks a flavor makes you taste it then gives you the whole slam of the rum flavors and the sodas flavors it's great Man, that sounds uh, that does sound interesting. That doesn't sound like it. But what would you eat with that if you were so inclined to do so? I mean, it sounds eating, like it would be uh, like a collage. Uh, I'm eating, or I should say, I ate for dinner and had some of uh, this uh, Captain Pepper with a uh, buffalo wing pizza, and it's great. Actually, you know what? I didn't think of that. Yeah, like a spice from buffalo wings that probably would marry pretty well with it, wouldn't it? Yeah. So, D, what are you drinking with us tonight? I'm actually drinking a uh, white IPA called Fresh Slice. They uh, they take a traditional IPA and pair it with some citrus flavors, and it's from Otter Creek uh, Brewing Company. Mm, I like there. I like that uh, brewing company. I've had a bunch from good. there. Beer's got 45 IBUs, um, so I'm, I'm drinking it by the bottle, and I'm not sure how much of the alcohol. I'm not sure. Let's see. 5.5% alcohol by volume. Oh, so that's not that bad. That, that's a yeah. that's an all day drinker. Mid range, yeah. That's 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 a pretty much just a middle of the road, <clears throat> relaxed. Nice, nice. Did you do anything with that tonight, or are you just just crank it right into that? No, just just crank it into that. Uh, I um, when I was up visiting my parents in Vermont, we just 
you know, the uh, the big beverage store that's down the road. Uh, Mom was like, hey, you want some beers? I'm like, yeah, sure. She just kind of picked me out a medley of stuff. Very nice. nice. Yeah. Very nice. Well, I myself, I am... Um, I am trying to finish off all this beer that I had from the 4th of July because I, well, like like typical uh, typical Cecil fashion, I bought way too much food <laughs> and way too much beer for the amount of people oh, yes. that were going to be there. And I, uh, I definitely had delusions of grandeur that I was going to finish off that beer that night. So I am actually drinking from Trouble Brewing. I've got two here in front of me. Um, I actually had a red flag amber, which is nice. Um, it's uh, it's a 4.5 ABV. It's a really really light uh, a light drink. It's it's something that you could literally drink all day long, which I did drink all day long, and you don't really get hit that hard. I don't recommend drinking like 15 of these and then switching over to 90 minute IPAs because that's how you get into the situation. <laughs> I was in on the fourth, which is a bad situation. But if you just stick with these guys, it's really not that bad. It's uh, it's a very, very mild taste. It's got a little bit of a hint of honey in it. So mm. it would go really, really nice with, uh, you know, something something sweeter, but not necessarily too sweet. Like maybe like a gingerbread, um, uh, something with a little bit of spice in it, but and a little touch of sweetness just to kind of complement that. Uh, Cecil's breakfast beer. <laughs> yeah, this this really is. Yeah. It, it's, it's like bread in a can. That's what this is. It's bread in a can. Um, nice. It's, uh, you know, it's it, it's not something that you're going to jump on and you're going to say, yeah, I love this. But this is going to be something that you're going to get when you just want to chill out and have a few beers and not be completely committed either way. Um, the other one I have here is the, it's called the Round Midnight Belgium White. Uh, and it it's very nice. It's got a little bit more flavor than the Red Flag Amber. But still, again, it's only, uh, I think this is a 5.4 by volume. And it's still, it's a very, very light in comparison beer. It's something that you can drink several in a day, you know, if you're out having a barbecue and you're not going to have too much, too much trouble with it. Um, ironically, what it pairs really, really well with, and I didn't think it was going to, is just a plain old cheese and crackers with like some salami or pepperoni on it. Oh, nice! It it both of these beers really married very well with it. I was surprised on how good they complemented one another. Really great flavors. The next trick is uh, let's see how they pair with scratchins. Ooh, <laughs> dude! In December, I'm coming back with unless I get arrested on the way through, probably about a hundred to 150 pounds of those things. <laughs> <laughs> I believe it. God, they're so good. And. I remember the the parties I used to throw and have like all the liquor and booze and whatnot and do the nobody's leaving till all this is kicked. Yep. Yep. <laughs> you couldn't yeah. do that this time, huh? No, no, I couldn't. I, I you know what my mom my mom showed up for Fourth of July and she ended up in the bathroom um praying <laughs> to whatever deity she could find. Uh so she really was a champ. She really tried to kick that bottle of tequila, but uh Oh man! It, it just it got the best of her. Um, was it the scorpion? No, no, I still have that dude. I'm saving that. Dude. I am saving that for the next time you and I are together. We are going to sit down. <laughs> we are going to drink that bottle okay. together. So well, here, shot for shot again, huh? Yeah. So here's a little quick story time with Cecil, uh, David. Um, back in the day, I used to throw a whole bunch of you know meaningless parties uh, and had everybody over. My brother went to Mexico one year, and he came back with this mezcal tequila. Now, this stuff makes you hallucinate on a good day. 
Uh, and the bottom of this tequila, there is an actual scorpion in the very bottom of the tequila. So we're sitting there and, and we're drinking. It was a little like pint bottle of it because this stuff was super expensive. It was just a little pint plastic bottle of this stuff. And we're drinking it. We're drinking amongst other things, of course. And somewhere, somewhere around that scorpion coming out, Zyber Blood just raises his hand and goes, I'll do it. And we pour him that scorpion in a shot glass. And I'm thinking to myself, man, that takes some hairy genitals right there to, <laughs> to even contemplate drinking a scorpion. But he does. He drinks it like a champ. Yeah. And then you see the look on his face. And I don't want to say that the look was utter regret, but there was definitely an element of regret in there somewhere. He just yeah, looked... the, the whole look of one eyebrow up really high and one eye barely open kind of look of like, oh, shit. And he just looks at my friend Gurr and he just he just utters out one very long slurred word. Hoodie. Oh, Shinzu. I said it to Shinzu. Oh, was it Shinzu? I thought yeah. it was Gurr. Nope, Shinzu. Oh, okay, so sorry. So it was Shinzu. And uh, he just looks at him, and, and he just looks back at him like, what? What are you talking about? And, and, and Zyberblood just goes, hoodie. The look on his face was immediately recognizable. He was a, The tank was full, and he was about to purge, and he didn't want to get it on his hoodie. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Yeah, that. Uh, so I've got another bottle of that that same tequila. Only this bottle. Oh man, this bottle is bigger than last the last <laughs> bottle. It is bigger, and I am saving it for when you and I and possibly and at hey, this Deacon point we're there. like what ten years older from that point. Oh no, we're no we're old. We're, we were drinking that stuff when we were twenty, man. Yeah. So. It's been at least at least so, fifteen years. Sixteen, yeah, sixteen oh, yeah. years. Holy shit! <laughs> it's been it's been a while, oh boss. God. It's been since I yeah I just got back from Hawaii when that happened. You did. Oh my god! Well, How was the scorpion? Do you remember? Was it waterlogged it was or still hard? It was, it was very crunchy. Yeah, he took he 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 mistakenly took his time trying to get that shot down. He should have just opened yeah. his throat and let it go down, but. Yeah, you saw the look on his face, and I'm like, "Don't chew, God, for the love of God, don't chew." Yeah, yeah. Here's he the did. thing: someone did say chew, and that's what I did. I didn't hear the don't. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm very, very confident that everybody in that room said, "Don't chew." <laughs> but you chewed it. Okay, so before we go off on a complete and utter tangent here and, and get to nothing of what we were actually planning to do. Um, David, so again, thank you, man, for joining us on the show. Absolutely. Uh, you, how, how would you, how would you describe yourself? Like, go ahead, introduce yourself. Tell, tell people who may not have heard of Claire, may not have heard of you. Just introduce yourself. Tell, tell everybody about yourself. Oh, um, I don't, uh, I don't, I hate that question. I don't know. That's why we start with that question. I know, and I hate it. Um, I'm the audio director at Hailstorm Games. So I oversee all the audio, all the music. Uh, I don't know. I'm very laid back, usually doing music or playing games or playing with the kid or something. I don't know. All right. Are you, uh, since, since we, you know, there is, of course, that A and G and A. Do you, do you drink at all? Do you have a favorite drink? Um, I don't do m- much on alcohol. The last time I drank, it was some 
grapefruit beer. I don't even remember what it was called, but it was really good. Hmm. And then normally I do just uh, rum and coke or vodka tonic. You got a favorite rum or is it just any rum will do? Not Captain Morgan. Mm. Well, as I say, if you ever get an opportunity, there is a rum called, I think, what was it called? Cruzon? I think it was Cruzon. Or Caruso. Caruso. That was what it was called. It was an organic spiced rum. Check it out. Oh, okay. If, if you like if you like spiced rums like uh, Captain Morgan's, give that a yeah, shot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm, silver spiced rum. Yes. Um, so you're you're the sound guy for Claire. Uh, yeah. So how many people were on that team that made Claire? Uh, it was me and Josh, and every now and then his wife would help out with game testing and whatnot. And then we had a writer, but he really didn't do much. <laughs> so, like, he wrote some of it, and he was like, okay, I'm done. So... Like, the, the brunt of the work was just Josh. And so, wow. three and a half people, you'd say? Yeah, something like that. That's a, that's an, I mean, I've been playing the hell out of that ever since D said. I've uh, been trying to get through it. <laughs> well, yeah, ever since D said you were coming on the show, and I saw, I mean, I saw it was on, on sale on Steam and on PSN, and I'm like, this is like a sign. Because I had it on my wish list, and I've had it on my wish list on Steam for Yep. God, I, I want to say at least eight months, and I just it, it's it's it was just far enough down that I just hadn't gotten to it yet. So right, right. I picked it up, and I finally I finally started playing it, and uh, that's an incredible achievement for such few people. Yeah, it is. It it was uh, quite the headache. I bet. What were some of the hurdles that you guys ran into, basically being such a small indie team? Um. Because it was 2D, it wasn't that hard until it came time for game testing, and then I must have quit. I told Josh I quit like a billion times when we were game testing. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, did you play the new build? Yeah, I did, and I quit. Why is that door fixed? It's the same door. Same door for the past 50 builds, and you haven't fixed it. Well, something else broke. (laughs) So were were those the basic hurdles? You just had like little things like that? Uh, that Yeah, the game testing, and it was... Uh, the way the game was put together was overly complex, but it was our first game, so we really... Like, it was a learning process on its own. Absolutely. So we figured out that probably wasn't the best way to make it, and it broke a lot because of that, so... Well, whatever you did, it, it definitely seemed to work. Um, so what? Uh, so game testing, what, what other type of hurdles did you did you run into while you were, were you doing that? Was it... I mean, was there well, like like specifically with audio, with with like creating the audio for the game? I had never done sound effects before, so this is the first time I've ever done that, and I've also never had complete control of the audio, so that was uh, that was interesting in itself. Learning how to mix the game and make it to where everything sounds, you know, the levels that it should be and whatnot, and there were some sounds. I had to contract like one or two sounds out because I just couldn't do it. I couldn't figure out a way to do it. Now, when you uh, made some of the sounds, did you go organically like in some uh, productions where they like take a uh, bundle of salary and hit it on a bowling ball yeah, or something yeah. like that? Yeah, it was uh, probably half that and half pre-recorded. And some of them were synths. Some of it was, uh, you know, recorded random stuff, paper and whatnot. So. Oh, nice. So in that same vein of sound... Um, you know, and just in listening to some of the things that I've heard on, you know, in the game, 
And then I, I jumped on and I was actually just doing a little research on you. There was a couple, like, I think I saw like three or four different reviews. Actually, I think there were negative reviews on the game saying that the, the sound sounded like it was right out of Silent Hill. Oh, and God. the funny thing was, is that as soon as I heard, like, especially that opening theme, I was like, man, this sounds like this, this like sounds like it's right out of Silent Hill. This is going to be fantastic. And as the game progressed and I started going through, I'm like, yeah, this is definitely giving me that same kind of angst that I got from playing the first Silent Hill. So how did you kind of capture that sound that um, sounds so much like it? For the music in general, I don't Silent Hill pretty much set the bar for how a horror game should sound. So Absolutely. obviously we looked at the Silent Hill games and what they were doing. We also looked at a lot of uh, Japanese horror movies and got inspiration from them and what they were doing with their sound. Do you want but, the ring? Yeah, the, you know, the ring and the grudge and a bunch of obscure stuff. But uh, I also looked at what would have inspired him when he was writing that so i listened to a lot of the downward spiral by nine inch nails nice. oh nice that's one yeah. of my favorite albums right and i got a lot of uh the textures the synth textures from that album specifically i must have had it on repeat every day so oh wow that makes so much sense now like yeah i like dead serious now I'm going to go back and play that. I'm going to finish out Claire, and that, that just makes <laughs> so much more sense now. And the one sound effect that everyone says, oh, my God, you ripped it off Silent Hill. It was not ripped off, but it was definitely like it was the menu sound, or sound effect. And I had tried everything. We must have spent a week on it. And he would be like, no, no, this isn't it. This isn't it. This isn't it. And finally, I just I was super pissed off, and I just there's a drone in the game, like a musical drone. I got pissed off and I cut the drone to like a split second and I sent it to him. And I was like, this, here, use. And oh, yeah, this is perfect. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, that's. So every time someone brings that up and they're like, oh, you ripped off Silent Hill, I'm like, oh, my God. That, no, no, that was an angry sound effect. Well, I went back and I actually, because wow. I, own, I, I own Silent Hill. I actually own every Silent Hill. Um, and I went back and I, I, I re-listened to it because as soon as I read that, I went, no, it doesn't sound that similar. And then I went back and I listened to it. And I'm like, well, okay, I guess if you played Silent Hill 10 years ago and now you play Claire, you might say that sounds exactly like it. But listening to them side by side, they, they, don't, they, don't, sound, they don't sound exact. They, they sound right. different. Yeah, yeah. Oh, dude, that's uh, that's actually pretty funny. Now, every time I listen to that menu part, I'm just gonna think of, I'm just gonna press it in anger, just to just to remember you. <laughs> yeah, like, same oh, here. God. It was so annoying. So, what were some of the best moments um, during the development? Like, we we already went over some of the most horrid things that we could find. What are some of the best moments that you had during development? Uh, the best moment for me is always when you first get the prototype or you first get that first level and you get to run around in it and play the game and everything comes together like you're hearing the music you're hearing the sound and you can navigate everything and that moment you're just like all right it was it was worth it i got angry but it was totally nice how long did development take uh for the pc version i want to say a year maybe a little over a year oh wow now, when you ported it over to uh, to PS4 and or over to console, did um, I mean how long did the ports take? Did it? I mean, was uh, it an easy transition uh, or was it? No. Uh, well, 
The PS4 and the Xbox One was easy, but Vita, obviously older hardware, so that was that was difficult. What type of hurdles did you find when you were put, porting it over to Vita? Uh, we had a lot of memory issues, running out of space in the memories. We had to condense some of the things. Also, some of the lighting and objects on the screen had to be changed. Um, like, it wasn't super difficult, but it was definitely something that we weren't really expecting. A challenge. Yeah. PS4 and uh, Xbox One was pretty much straight. Now, with Claire, is that going to see a, like, indie box release at all, or...? Uh, we just announced with limited run games that we're releasing physical copies on PS4 and Vita. Oh, nice. Yeah, I just, I saw that on your uh, Twitter, so yeah, it was pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I did not catch that on your Twitter, so that's, that's awesome. I know where I'm going next. Um, when we uh, released it on console, a lot of people kept saying, oh, you should contact them. And honestly, I knew absolutely nothing about them. So we looked into it, and we had been talking to them for a while and finally agreed that it'd be, it'd be neat. We'd never had any, any of our games as a physical release, so something to check off the bucket list. Absolutely. I'd love to see a physical copy of uh, Claire on my shelf. Are you going to put anything in with it, like uh, like any soundtrack or artwork or anything like that with the physical release, or is it just going to um, be basic, a basic physical yeah. release? Yeah, it'll just be the basic game. We have been so busy. We were busy porting the game, and then we're like, all right, we're totally over it. So <laughs> we, you know, we did all the stuff that we needed to do for them, and then we've been busy working on our next game. Nice. I've actually heard, heard good things about limited run games. I think uh, I think they usually introduce a bunch of those physical releases off games on like Metal Jesus Rocks channel on YouTube, amongst others. Uh, we've heard nothing but good things, and everyone yeah. uh, seems to like them, so it seemed like a good fit. Yeah, yeah, I've, I've heard good things. Now I know you. I, I know you um, <clears throat> definitely tapped on this uh, a little bit ago uh, with Nine Inch Nails, but. Uh, as a sound or music guy, what are some of your musical inspirations? Uh, well, growing up with games, like you can't you can't mention game music without mentioning Uematsu. So all the Final oh, yeah. Fantasy stuff was. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, mm. that's it's almost a given. Uh, Mitsudo with uh, uh, Chrono Trigger and Xeno Gears, mm. and then naturally on the more musical side, you get guys like uh, the film composers like John Williams. And, those guys. Uh, also, I was a big Metallica fan. James Hetfield is the reason I ah, picked up guitar. Ah, he's a big Metallica fan. Yeah, that was, yeah, so, that, that was my go-to band growing up. Exactly. So there's, like, there's a lot of that type of influence as well. I don't I know. You probably albums. can't hear it. In- yeah, I, I own all their albums. Yeah, definitely. So when you were growing up, listen to Metallica. Did uh, What other games did you play? Like, were you a gamer when you were growing up? I'm assuming you Oh, were. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I played uh, everything. Uh, Mega Man, we were a Nintendo family, so uh, we had the regular Nintendo, then Super Nintendo. We had the Nintendo 64 for a little bit, and then we switched over to PlayStation. But we Which did. has one of my favorite games as far as both gameplay and musical, Castlevania Symphony of the Night. Oh, yes. Yes. I love the soundtrack on that, too. That is Out just... of all the Castlevanias, that's one I keep going back to and I can always go back to. One, it has a brilliant musical score, and the game is timeless play-wise. Yeah, but of course, yeah, yeah. I mean, of course, the PlayStation was capable audio uh, a lot more capable than previous systems too. So they had that going for it. But uh, yeah, that that uh, 
Yeah, Castlevania Symphony of the Night is one of those games. It's like Final Fantasy IV. They can say, hey, we're re-releasing it with like 30 seconds extra of something. And I'm like, dude, I want it. I bought it. It's mine. Yeah, I'm getting yeah, it. yeah, yeah. I have it on uh, I have it on practically everything I can get it on. And the Final Fantasies I have practically and everything as well. <laughs> yep, yep. So what are the, I mean, like, when, what's, what's your genre? Everybody's got a game genre. What's your genre that you really dig? What, what's, what do you really enjoy playing? Uh, I feel it changes often. Like, I'll probably always like RPG. So I guess if I had to pick one. It... Now, RPGs, I mean, you can, there's a lot when it comes to RPG. So are you, oh, yeah. are you an action RPG or are you a traditional well, turn-based? Typically not action, but I don't know. I guess it would depend on the game. Like, I think Final Fantasy Tactics is probably one of my all-time favorites. Along so with strategy? Six. Did you yeah. get Cloud? I did not. I have never gotten Cloud. Oh. Oh, man, it's such a, it's such a great moment when you finally do get him to f- slap through that portal. No, I've never uh, I've played it on everything, and I've never gotten him. Yeah, to go I can I can say I've never gotten Cloud playing Tactics. I actually when when and this is not me trying to gloat. This is just like how anal of a gamer I am. When Tactics first came out, and you didn't, you basically had like EGM, and and you had those magazines that had the cheats in the back. That's all you really had. And I remember I was playing the hell out of that game. And I don't even remember how the hell I did it. But when I did it, I stopped and I went, oh, man, oh, man. And I ran and I grabbed a camera because I knew nobody was going to believe that Cloud, I found Cloud in this damn game. So I'm literally, I'm taking pictures with a Polaroid camera. Yes, a Polaroid camera. That's what I had laying around. I'm taking pictures (laughs) with a damn Polaroid camera. Because I'm like, nobody's going to believe me. And I kept overexposing and double exposing the damn things. I'm like, how the hell am I doing this? And then, of course, it moved on to the next scene. And I'm like, oh, I got to go to the pause menu. Yeah, getting <laughs> getting Cloud was one of those uh, one of those really fun, fun moments. One of those fun Easter eggs in games. <laughs> Beware the Polaroid, Cecil. <laughs> mm. Yeah, of course. And, and the first shot you ever take with it is you're pressing the button and it's not going because the damn flash isn't charged. So you turn the thing around and you... Of course, instinctively <laughs> look yes. directly into yes. the frigging lens and into the flash, and you press it and take a take the first selfies ever in the world and blind yourself. <laughs> and you see those freaking multicolored dots for the next hour. Yep, yep. And there you are going, my God, I can't focus on anything straight. So you got to look to the or side you, of everything. Or you drop the camera, try to pick it up, knock yourself out, and it still gets a selfie. Oh. You're talking. Oh God, I, I think I still have that picture, don't I? Ugh. Yeah, you gave it to me. You gave uh, you gave a copy of it to me. Okay, so so small small story time again. Sorry, David. You're probably going to get a few of these. So I had um, it was one of those disposable camera things, like they had no apologies back in the you know 90s that were everywhere, and it was laying on the edge of my uh, of my end table by my bed. And Dean knocked it off. So, of course, me being, you know, the young asshole I am, I'm like, dude, don't be dropping, throwing shit around. So he's like, I got it. And he reaches down and he flings himself down like he's about to do, I don't know, like a push-up from hell or something. And as he reaches down to pick this thing up, he, like, grabs it, fumbles it, and smacks his head off of the end table. And the camera takes a shot the moment he cracks his head and knocks himself unconscious off of the table. 
Like, I, I, I literally knocked myself out was unconscious on the ground. He was out. He was on the ground. And there's the camera next to him. I didn't know he took a picture. Like I didn't know that picture existed until years later when I finally found this disposable camera sitting over in a corner somewhere. I'm like, oh, let me see what's on here. Maybe I should get it developed. So I hand it off. I'm getting it developed. I'm thinking to myself, man, were there pictures on there I don't want people to see? <laughs> Shit. What was on that camera? Thankfully, there was nothing bad on the camera. But it comes back, and I'm flipping through, and I see this picture of D, and he's 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 like got his eyes closed, and you can distinctly see his head is hitting the end table. And I'm thinking to myself, when the hell did he take this picture? And I sat there for probably the entire day trying to figure out when the hell this picture was taken. And then all of a sudden, I realized, well, wait a minute, it was that day he knocked himself unconscious. He was fumbling with the camera. Oh my God, this is a picture of somebody knocking themselves unconscious. <laughs> it was absolutely amazing. Yeah, you, you got me the moment of lights out. <laughs> like these, the nanosecond of lights out. Yep. Yeah, like it could not have been timed more perfectly. Perfect. perfect. So what other games did you, uh, did you play as you were growing up? You said you were a Nintendo family. So uh, were you all the way back in like Duck Hunt era or were you yeah, more yeah. Mario Land era? No, uh, Duck Hunt, the first and second Mega Man on the Nintendo, uh, Contra. Oh, yeah, that's a good nice. one. Nice. Yeah, 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 all that old stuff. Okay, so I got to ask, do you still remember the Konami code? <laughs> up, up, <laughs> yes. Up, up down, down, that. left, right, left, right, BA, select, start? Mm, close enough. I'll, I'll allow uh, it. BA, BA, select, start. Ah, that's it. That's it. I'll allow it. Hey, you, you, remembered, you remembered enough of it, so we'll count that as a win. Uh, so, games that you were playing as you were growing up did uh, did they affect? Did they have an impact on your on the development of your creative style of Claire? Um, I'm sure subconsciously it did, but it's nothing that I you know bring up purposely or anything. So, you said like Silent Hill was affected kind of like the creative direction of it. So, what other um, what other things really affected? What kind of gave you guys inspiration to make Claire? Um, well, it all started, we were, Josh had a team, and they were making a sci-fi horror game, kind of like Dead Space, and then uh, he followed me on Twitter, and I was like, oh, yeah, I want to be a part of that, that sounds like it'd be fun, but Josh and I are very impatient people, so when we work with someone, we want it done yesterday, and we want it done perfect, so we kind of were like, yeah, we're, you know, let's go make our own game. And we are both big fans of horror, so it had to be a horror game. We only were two people, so it was going to be 2D horror. So that's kind of how it was born, and then it grew from there. Did you ever play Descent? Uh, uh, old PC game? Yeah, because yeah. Uh, yeah, cause, cause that element of you, you can't fight the monsters, you have to kind of run and hide and find a hiding spot. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, no, the... <clears throat> Excuse me. The uh, you can't fight anything was totally done on purpose, and that was all me because I told him. I don't know. In a lot of other horror games, you get like Resident Evil and whatnot, and it's supposed to be scary, but you can shoot all the enemies in the face, which is not scary to me. So right from the start, I was like, I don't want you to be able to kill anything. <laughs> okay, that, that makes it that's so much harder. And, and that and that, but it's fun. Yeah, that that's like that slides right into a vein of games that I absolutely love. Did you ever play Amnesia: The Dark Descent? Uh, that's what I'm. That's what yeah. I mean. Amnesia: The Dark Descent. Uh, 
Josh made me play it when we were making Claire, actually, because I had him played it. Oh, nice. Like, well, you're going to have to play this because this is pretty similar. Uh, and w- what did you think of it? I loved it. I, it was really the atmosphere to it was really great. I got to say, though, with the, the smaller creatures in Claire, I, uh, I kind of started to perfect a bunny hop tactic to get over them and not get hit. <laughs> I've seen so many people use so many different ways to get over it. It's amazing. Now, would, would you say that there were, like, the intent that you had for getting past these enemies, have people thought around what your intent was? Or were they yeah, pretty much going I mean, straight down the vein? No, because we did uh, the closets that you can hide in and whatnot. And we were like, yeah, yeah, that's what people will use. And then everyone doesn't use the closet. They'll bunny hop over it or do all this crazy shit. And I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, no, we didn't even need closets, apparently. (laughs) (laughs) I haven't found a closet yet. (laughs) There's the one in the beginning. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, actually. Yeah, yeah. That's with the really tall creature. Yeah, yeah. Hop in there. And that's it. I haven't found a closet since. Tom Cruise in the closet. <laughs> <laughs> South Park oh. reference. So what's your take on horror genre as it is now, you know, as it is today? Do you like where they're going with it? Do you, do you think you could use some revamping? What's your, what's your opinion on where horror genre is going? Uh, I think it's pretty subjective. Like, there's a lot of horror games that I do like. Outlast was really good. Oh, yeah. Uh, The new Resident Evil looks like it's in that same vein, so it looks pretty good. I haven't played it yet. But I like, um, yeah, I like stuff that's actually going to scare the crap out of me. Like, everyone's like, oh, Resident Evil 4, and I played it, and I I was never scared. It was always, you know, annoying because I ran out of ammo or... Yeah, the unfortunate part about Resident Evil, in my opinion, is that once you hit 4, they started turning more into an action game. Yeah, yeah, and sure. and and that's what that's what really turned me off of it. And then I haven't even played the new Resident Evil because I haven't either. Resident Evil Six was such an action game that I was like, eh, you know, now now it's not it's not scary. It's just they're giving you some cheap jump scares, and that's about it. But I've heard some really great things about the new Resident Evil. Yeah, yeah, from what I've seen and what I've heard, it looks really good, especially on VR. I heard that yeah, was the way to play it. I am too much of a chicken shit for that. <laughs> oh man yeah that's exactly what i said if if i was going to play that game in vr i would be having to wear brown pants on a brown chair with brown carpet yeah i yeah, i still haven't either uh played the resident evil or the last um silent hill oh which one was the last silent hill the one with the house or whatever because they had was it homecoming because it was silent hill homecoming there was the uh the room well the room was number four homecoming af- came after the room yeah because there was Silent Hill, there was the first Silent Hill where you were the dad looking around for your kid. Second Silent Hill where you were the husband looking for your wife. The third one where you were the the chick, and I actually don't think I ever played that. I mean, I have it, but I actually didn't finish it. The fourth one, which was the room, and I thought, oh boy, homecoming. I thought was on the uh, handheld. No, no, no. You're thinking of Shattered Memories. Ah, yeah. Shattered Memories was a remake, I think, of the first one, wasn't it? I haven't played it. I don't know. I don't think it was a remake, was it? I thought one of them was a remake. Like it was a, oh no, Book of Memories. That was a remake. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, yeah. Was, that was the remake of, of the first one. Um, man, what was the re- most recent Silent Hill? We, well, I remember Silent Hills was supposed to come out, PT. But of course that got kiboshed and that would have been incredible. Right. Did you play the PT trailer? 
I did not. I saw everyone else play it, and I was like, I think that's good enough for me. Oh my god, that game, that that trailer alone, like you know where you're saying you want to be scared. That, yeah, yeah, that yeah. trailer scared the crap out of me. I, everyone I saw play it, I don't know, it looked really good. And I'm so disappointed that they didn't make a game from it. Well, I, I mean, the whole thing with Kojima and Konami and the separation there, I mean, it was, yeah. it was, I was, I can honestly say that I felt remorse when I heard about that separation and PT wasn't becoming Silent Hill. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it was, uh, man, it was so good. I also like the, uh, on the GameCube, Eternal Darkness and the Call of Cthulhu game on the original Xbox. Dude, Eternal Darkness. That game messed you up. Like, Have you ever played that, David? I haven't. I heard uh, there was like a panic system or something, though. Everyone yeah, told me to play it. it, it it's, it's a sanity system, and basically, it, it, you know, things you start like hallucinating as you get like really freaked out. But the game will mess with you. Like, I actually got pissed a couple times, uh, ready to throw the controller because I got really far ahead and saved. And then I had like game read error disc. I was like, son of a! And then it was just, and then it flashed. And it was like my character's right there. Uh, and another time I was like, and then all of a sudden my head came off and my character died. I'm like, what, what, what fucking killed me? And it was like, oh, then just kind of a flashback. And then I'm going, it's like, what? The game would like literally fuck with you the entire damn time. Yeah, that game was, was absolutely epic on how it messed with you. It used. It, it it almost broke the fourth wall without breaking the fourth wall because there were so many what? things like you'd go to you'd go to load your game and it would say no save files found and you'd be like what I know I saved this last night I was playing and then all of a sudden they'd pop up and they'd be there or just like just like D said you'd be playing your head would randomly drop off and your body would drop and you'd be like what the hell just happened and then you're standing right there or your the best one the one that really threw me for a loop I'm sitting there playing something's chasing me and all of a sudden my controller stops responding and I'm going oh my god I unplugged my controller I run over I'm like playing around with the GameCube <laughs> I'm unplugging plugging back in this thing's attacking me and I'm going no I'm going to die and then all of a sudden boom it vaporizes I'm just standing there in the middle of the room and the controller's working again I'm going man it, honestly for, if I didn't if I was doing drugs I would stop doing drugs at that moment in time because that's how much that game messed with you it's it's a lot of fun it's it's on my uh shelf right. permanently a little is, bit is... of correction uh i was thinking of uh resident evil 7 biohazard and i was mistaking it for homecoming biohazard came with that special edition house that you wind up and did all the creepy shit okay um speaking of horror games that were on that on that subject did you ever play until dawn i didn't josh did. it's free is it really? PS4. I think, yeah. yeah, I think it's free this month. If you've got PS oh, Plus, go it grab it. It yeah. is um, it's an interactive story. You actually can't fight back. I mean, it's just like there are scenes where like there's one scene where you have a gun, but it really doesn't do anything. So, right. I mean, sorry. Uh, yeah, spoiler alert. Saw, you're going to get a gun and it's not going to do anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've saw some people play it. It seems cool, but I've yeah, yeah, it's free on. I think, I'm pretty sure it's supposed to be free for July. Um, yeah, yeah, incredible game. I think I picked it up for 15 bucks, and I think I've gone through the game at least four times. Oh, so lots of replay. There's so many different endings. Um, you have so many characters in the game, and each time somebody dies, you get a different ending, basically. Oh, so nice. you could get to the end of the game with nobody alive. You could get to the end of the game with everybody alive. All sorts of different stuff happen. It's it's 
it's a fun fun game and it's got a nice storyline to it it's uh yeah definitely check it out definitely check it out yeah if yeah, you yeah, haven't yeah. tried it check it out yeah. it's uh free this month is uh game of thrones and then uh until dawn oh game of thrones is free this month yep so you um you touched on it a little bit earlier where you said you guys were working on a new project. So yeah. can you tell us anything about that? Is it completely hush hush secret squirrel or? Uh, it's a compl- well, I mean, it's still horror, but it's not like Claire at all. It's we're going uh, 3D with it and a little more accessible too, because Claire was pretty niche. Mm-hmm. So we wanted to have something a little broader in terms that more people would enjoy. All right. Um, are you keeping in that kind of more realistic, kind of Lovecraftian sanity thing, or are you going to be going sci-fi, fantasy, or can't you tell us? Uh, well, I would say kind of fantasy, maybe. All right. Kind of fantasy, kind of Lovecraft, kind of some other stuff thrown in. Because that's one of my favorite horror authors right there. Yeah. H.P. Lovecraft. Yeah, the, yeah there's lots. Uh, you will like the monster designs. <laughs> nice. I've got a. I've got my my favorite pop, pop vinyl figure that I have is my glow in the dark Cthulhu. I I am actually yeah. Staring, I got a hand puppet Cthulhu. I, I am staring at my <laughs> two little Cthulhu vinyls that I pulled. One's a glow in the dark one. One's just a regular stand up one. They're one of those little blind bag Cthulhu ones that you grab. And I got right. both of them staring at them. I love those little guys. They sit right on my PlayStation Four, staring at me every time I'm here. Yeah, I recently just ordered uh, Mickey Mouse Cthulhu. Hold on, I may have drank too much. Did you just say Mickey Mouse Cthulhu? Yes. <laughs> okay, you are going to have to post pictures of that on Discord because I cannot even fathom what that looks like in my head. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> but it's really cool to see uh, um, such a small like you know indie game studio, uh, such a small team really succeed. It kind of gives like, and and it succeeds so well. It really kind of like. Uh, Makes you motivated to like do your own game, like say, "Hey, we can su- you can actually succeed doing this." Yeah, I mean, uh, it's it's hard. Oh my god, it's yeah. hard. But if you stick with it, then it's it's not that bad. Yeah, we've actually started trying to do the groundwork for uh, creating an RPG, and yes, it is a uh, <laughs> a lot of a lot of work. Oh yeah, I think people don't. Uh, I think people underestimate how much work. Yeah, like when you see the big, you know, the big games that come out, and it's like you know, a team of like fifty people, three, you know, five years. It's like I'm not surprised. It's well, it's I, a lot of freaking work. I yeah. got, I gotta say, like looking at looking at you guys, looking at like Gun Media, who released Friday the Thirteenth. I mean, small teams pulling off some really incredible feats. It does. It really does make like those small time people who think, yeah, you know what, I've got this dream. I want to make it happen. It really does give them an immense amount of motivation to you know, step outside of that comfort zone, step outside of that box, and it says, "Hey, this shot. is possible. This is yeah. possible." Yeah, yeah. Hopefully, it, like, like I said, it's hard, but it's totally doable anymore. It, it's never been easier to make and publish game. Yeah, like Outlast. That was an indie studio too, I believe. Yeah, and that was uh, they did a fantastic job with that one too. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's, you know, it's funny. You go back 10 years, and the only people making games were mainstream people, you know, Square, Konami, I mean, the, the big name titles. And now you flash forward to today, and, I mean, you've got, you've got, Steam's Greenlight. Yeah. Yeah. Steam's Greenlight. You've got uh, uh, Visual Studio with uh, Microsoft's game community. 
You've got, um, heck, even Squaresoft is actually uh, funding small indie companies, you know, with their little thing now. Well, you have things oh, yeah, like, yeah, I heard have, of like Kickstarter, too, where you can, you can pitch an idea yes. and you get, you get funding for it and you really make something out of it. Actually, I think that's how Friday the 13th came about. They put it on Kickstarter as what? A sla- I think it was called Slasher, wasn't it? Like Slasher Volume 1 or something like that. And they got Kickstart funding and got it going. Yeah, and some of the uh, developers, they're doing uh, the Patreon thing also. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. There's just so many avenues that you can you can tap into, get you know, funding to make this stuff happen. And it's just, it's 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 great, especially when, like, people like Hailstorm Games can publish something like that. And then it'd be such a success that you're going to get something else from you guys. I mean, that's, that's the cool thing that I like. I mean, when you get a... When you have a success and you're going to get something, you know, you look forward to that new thing coming out. Um, right, right. You know, it's, yeah, it's just like I, it's just like when I, when when they have a good movie come out and you're like, oh man, I want to see a sequel to that. You know, you just you, you crave what those developers are going to put out because you know they just put out something good. Um, like, did you ever play Dead Space? Yeah, Josh and I are big fans of Dead Space. <laughs> okay, did you play Dead Space Three by any? Uh, Josh did. I didn't. He told me it was too actiony. Oh man. Okay. So Dead Space Three nailed one thing that no other game has nailed yet, and that's the multiplayer co-op. There's scenes in the game where one person who's playing will see something completely different than the other person. Great. For instance, is my brother and I was playing this, and I think I've already brought this up on the show <laughs> once, but I'm gonna say it again. Yes. Yes, you did. But we were playing. And he was talking about seeing these toy soldiers, you know, like the Nutcracker style soldiers. Right. And I'm looking over and I'm like, dude, there's nothing there. There's a there's an oil barrel. And he's like, no, there's like these toy soldiers everywhere. And I'm like, no, there isn't. I, I literally, this became a 15 minute argument between me and him. And literally, I forced him to take a picture with his crappy flip phone and send me a picture of it so that I could see what the hell he was talking about. So he took a picture of his television and this toy soldier sitting at this barrel, and we stopped everything and waited for this picture to transfer over the old networks to see, so I could see and say, yeah. And I sent him a picture of the barrel I was seeing. And he's like, what's going on? I'm like, I don't know. All of a sudden, he starts hearing like this happy birthday song, and he sees this cake <laughs> in the middle of the room. And he's like, dude, there's like, there's like a birthday cake here. I'm like, dude, there's nothing there. He's like, no, there's a table right here. I'm like, no, there's nothing there. You are seeing something weird. That totally, like, that whole part of the multiplayer really, like, it it, it had me hook, line, and sinker. I mean, it definitely was more actiony, but if you haven't ever tried that, you got to just go check that out. Um, because each person saw something that the other person didn't at some point in time. Ingenious. I was blown away. I had never experienced anything like that in a multiplayer co-op. And when that happened, I... I Literally, they ha- they had me drinking the Kool Aid. I was like, "Look, where's Dead Space Four? I'm, I'm going to buy it now. I'm going to pay for the whole thing right. Now. I'm going to pay for two copies so my brother and I can play again. Where is right. it? I have to play. It sounds really good. It was it, the the co op in that was absolutely amazing. I, I just I cannot say too many good things. Especially like there's another scene where literally my brother's screaming at me going dude you gotta help me kill these things and i'm like what what are you talking about there's nothing here and all his character is doing is standing in the middle of the screen shaking back and forth and that's all that's all i see him doing but he's running around the room killing all these necromorphs and i'm like 
dude, there's nothing here. And then all of a sudden, Necromorph starts popping out. And I'm like, dude, you got to shoot him. And he's like, what? I am shooting him. I'm like, no, you're not. You're standing in the middle of the room doing nothing. He's like, no, I'm shooting him. I'm like, no, you're not. Oh, I got it. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm going to have to play it after all that. Yeah, it's, uh, it was definitely fun. The only, the only thing I didn't like is that they made you purchase the DLC to get the remainder of the story. That's the only thing that sucked about. Well, I guess now we've come to the part of, of the show where we go to questions from the community. So we've got only uh, we only got two questions tonight, which is super easy because that makes means means we're gonna blast right through it. So actually, the first question comes from Zyberlot. I think actually, I think you asked this one a while ago. But uh, what game do you love but suck at? Uh... So yeah, David, let's start with you. What what game do you love but you absolutely are horrible at? Uh, fighting games. That count? Any I kind love of game. Street, yeah, I love Street Fighter, but I'm so fucking bad at it. Um, which street? Any Street Fighter, or is it just a specific yeah, Street any, Fighter? Yeah, it doesn't. Like I used to play uh, Street Fighter Two Arcade a lot as a kid down at uh, you know the local Seven Eleven. They had a machine, and I wasn't too bad then. But as I got older, I don't know something happened. It's so terrible at it. Funny thing is, you just named the only game in existence my wife can beat me at. <laughs> Street Fighter 2. That's the Did only I bring game. up memories? Oh, come on. Come on. Yeah. The Just Sing games. The what? The Just Sing games or karaoke or whatever. You know what, dude? I can actually practice enough and find <laughs> the pitches. I may not be saying the words that they want me to say, but I found those pitches and I can I can hold my own. But man, Street Fighter, every time we played that damn game, she would wreck my face. Every and it doesn't matter what character she had, she'd wreck my face. Bringing up some PTSD. Yeah, I'm probably going to sit in a corner, rock back and forth, and cry after the show. So, Zyberblood, answer your own question. What game do you love to suck at? Well, I'd love to suck at uh, any kind of shooter. (laughs) (laughs) Any cooperative shooter at that. All right. Give an example. Um, Destiny, uh, recently Paladins um team fortress any kind of game like that you know the only game that i didn't suck at was uh you know quake online okay what about you d what game do you love to suck at Uh, i'm going old school i play the heck out of it but i still suck at it kid icarus oh my god i love kid icarus (laughs) but it is a hardest balls i can get to the final boss but i can never beat that damn thing Dude, Medusa was such a pain in the nuts to beat. Because you had to get all three relics first. And if you somehow managed to survive and get all three relics, then you had to fly through that last mission. Jesus Christ. And actually, there was a... You, God, you know what? You know what I I hated? What's that? The, the, the one thing, I have actually never got that far. You know what always gets me? If I finally start getting through the game, I finally start cruising, I finally get it. The goddamn eggplant wizard. I'm a fucking eggplant. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, and then you had to run, find that room to get cleansed. Yeah, I, n- I never made it. I, I always got, you know, always got, you know, egg, yeah, egg planted and then I died every, every damn time. Stupid wizard. I can, uh, I can definitely, I can definitely, I can definitely understand that. Man, that's qu- going to game genie that. Yeah, that question is so hard to answer. You know what? I've got to actually go back and you guys will just kick me in the nuts because I keep talking about this. But uh, I'm going to go with the original Friday the 13th for the Nintendo. Oh, nice. I yeah, love- but everybody sucked it. Nice. <laughs> Nobody I, can beat I that. I sucked at it. The only way I could beat it was with the freaking game genie. I That's the only way anybody can beat that up. damn thing. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't think I ever actually beat that game without cheating. 
I never beat that game without you. But that game was just so much fun. And it did. It gave you that jump scare. I don't know. I just, I love that game. And I love the game that I suck. I, I sucked at it horribly. I mean, I'd probably match that and Nightmare on Elm Street. Because that game was super fun with the different powers you could get. But I just, I sucked at it. I was horrible at it. I think I played the hell out of it and I, I still sucked at it. But maybe I'm getting a whole genre because now that I'm thinking about it, Ghost and Goblins, I sucked at that game too, but I loved it. Oh, uh, that, that, that's a good one. I have it. I, I still have go, uh, Ghost and Goblins and the version for the uh, Genesis. Yeah. God, what was that one called? Uh, Ghosts and Ghosts. Wizards and Warriors. You remember that game? Yes, Wizards and Warriors. That was have great. It. Ha- have it still? I, I, I think I, I, I didn't suck at that game by the time I was done playing the hell out of it. But man, when that game first came out, I sucked horribly at it. That and Iron Sword, Wizards of Warriors too. Yes, you always fell off the damn platforms. You always fall off. You basically you, you wiggle your sword as shit and you fall off platforms. Yes, yeah, pretty much that's it. You just wiggle this sword or spear at something and and hope that it died, and then you'd be the battle mechanics were off. You'd be jumping up on top of this stuff, and you'd finally get to the top, and you'd be like, "There's the key," and you'd be like, "I can make this jump," and you'd miss it. By like a half an inch, <laughs> by an RCH or, you drop, or you fall in an area that you're supposed to be able to jump out, uh, and you keep on hitting a platform that bounces you back down, and then you move like millimeter to the right or left, and you're actually able to jump out. Mm. God, what other? Yeah, I'm. I'm gonna have to. You know, I'm. I'm, I'm gonna. We've mentioned a bunch of games in that, but I'm. I'm still gonna have to go back to Friday the Thirteenth. It's either yeah. that or. Um, Man, I really loved Pitfall, but I sucked at that game. Oh, no. No, 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 no. I've got it. I know the exact game. Um, Bayou Billy. Oh, nice. I absolutely loved playing that game. I couldn't pass the first level. I always died. It's it's in a game store. It boxed and everything in a game store close by me. Yeah, Bayou Billy. I'm I'm actually, I'm retracting that. Bayou Billy is the game that I I sucked at, but I loved playing. With Zyber, right over at uh, That's Entertainment, right there. They have a yeah. boxed copy right now. Yeah, Friday the 13th is like the 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 second, like really close second, but Bayou Billy definitely tops it. All right, so um, second question from the community, and I honestly didn't even catch who asked this question. Actually, it was uh, Microbrew. Microbrew. Cool, hey, it was D. Yep. So what is your favorite failed system? So Zyberblood, let's start with you on this well, my favorite failed system isn't really a failed system in my opinion, and that's the Dreamcast. All right, I gotta ask, why don't you think it was failing? Uh, it, it's not a failed system in my opinion because up until I think it was 2012, there were still games being made for it that were legitimate games, or 2002 rather, I think it was. Yeah, I was gonna Something say t- like that. 2012 was a bit um, forgiving. It, it had. After his uh, uh, die date and uh, Sega went to developing just games, um, that system actually lasted a lot longer than people think, uh, especially since they had it open to uh, homebrew games. And yeah, the the game was the system, in my opinion, was be beyond its uh, time. Like if it was to have been released somewhere around like. Uh, 2002, 2005, it would have had a better chance because its graphic capabilities were far superior than they they could have put out on uh, the TVs available. All right. What about you, D? What's your favorite failed system? Out of the failed systems, uh, I'd have to go with 
The Sega Saturn. Really? Why? Yes. Uh, there's a lot of really good games. It didn't fail yep. as hardcore in Japan as it did here, so there's a lot right. of cool shooters. The same with the Dreamcast. Yeah, a lot of really cool games for it, but it had some good RPGs. It had uh, one of the best, the best Bomberman ever released, where you could play with the adapters up to 10 people, I think 8 to 10 people in one uh, on one TV all at once. It had a lot of cool games. I mean, I, I've got some of them. The uh, It had uh, Albert Odyssey. It had uh, Magic Knight Rayearth, which I have. It had a lot of really good ones. Panzer Dragoon Saga. It had so many good games, and it just... Uh, Really, it didn't even get a really good chance because business, like system-wide, it was great, but business side, it was what helped led to the failure of the Dreamcast because Sega was dying. Sega just completely fouled up business-wise. Uh, they made so many stupid... I mean, they decided, you know what, let's just release it early. They just released it to stores early. They're like, what was this? So they had this system on store shelves and no games. And the games And the developers like, what the hell? Then people just started dropping off for making games for it. Uh, people got pissed. Stores started sending them back. It's like we can't sell this without games. It just, it was such a fiasco. But the system itself, I mean, uh, it was a really good um, disc-based system. You know, the graphics weren't bad at all. I mean, it was it was a lot of fun, and I, I thought the controllers were pretty well done and uh, comfortable. Yeah, Nights into Dreams. Yeah, a lot of fun things. Right. I, I think Seg, I think Sega could have done so much more with that system had they not effed up on the business side of the house. All right. Well. David, what about you? What's your opinion? What's uh, what's your favorite failed? Uh, I'm gonna get a lot of shit for this, but Vita, like it's a commercial disaster. It's such a failure. Sony basically made it and then just threw it into yeah. the deep end. But it was like the redheaded stepchild. It it, it was, and it's sad. I love that thing, and it yeah. Uh, I, I s- love the Vita too. You know how much I love the Vita? I've got three of them right now. Right, I have two. And uh, I don't know. Well, I have two, and my wife has one. I counted as three. It was annoying to see them just completely ignore it. But the thing is, there's, there are so, a bunch of games that come out for them, but they're mostly right, releasing overseas. a lot. Like, uh, and a lot of them are releasing just uh, um, on the uh, uh, virtual only. But no, there actually are quite a few releasing physical here. But stores aren't bothering to carry. The yeah, games exactly. Either. Because and that's I, a why, and that's why it's failing because you can never find the games. It's like hey. We've got a Vita. Oh, we've got a sports game. It's so, like there's no games. So people think one, there's nothing out for it, but there is a huge library. The one indie thing I would have liked to have seen, though, at like E3 was something from Sony on the Vita. I mean, they they should market it more than they do. Yeah, they've pretty much left it alone, and it's it's honestly depressing because the Vita is such a great piece of hardware. I mean, I still use mine for remote play. I'm going to be traveling here. Um, actually, I'm leaving tomorrow. I'm going to be traveling, and I'm going to be bringing it with me just so I can tap back into my PS4 and get access to stuff that's on my PS4 while I'm on the road. I don't think they will ever... I don't know. I don't think they have it in them, because that's what they did. The PSP, and it kind of had a similar treatment. And then they did the Vita. Like, I'd love for them to release another one, but I don't see it having... Although, better chances of what's success. sad is though is I think the Vita is like you know obviously it's more powerful but I think it's better hardware overall design it wise and I think there's actually was more uh, I don't even know if there's more but the Vita at least, or with the PSP at least you could go to a store you'd have games to choose from um, but at a lot of stores it's like I, if I go to like say uh, Walmart or Toys R Us and I check out the games right a lot of times I don't see a single Vita game Target Walmart whatever right yeah, obviously GameStop. Yeah, they'll carry a bunch of them, but 
a, a lot of stores, you just don't see any games even on the shelf. You might see a Vita once in a while in the box being left alone, but yeah, people aren't going to think, you know, they're like, it's a dead system because nobody's carrying the games. Of course they think there's nothing, if nobody has any games to sell. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But there are games. That's the weird thing is there actually is a pretty large library. Well, David, I think you nailed it. The indie community has really kept the Vita alive because yeah, there's, there's a, lot a lot of, of indie games. stuff. Yeah, a lot of indie stuff. And the, uh, the community around the Vita is actually yeah. horribly passionate. Like they defend that thing to the death. I'm I'm a proud member of that community. I will defend Same the Vita here. until I die. Same here. And you know, I mean, and you know what? Up I until, think up until about three years ago, I I kind of had a a little bit of a snob nose towards like the indie games. Then I started to really play them. And I fell in love with them more than the AAA title games. Right now, I'm playing more indie games than AAA titles, hands down. I'm playing a lot more indie games. I'm probably a 50-50 split. Um, I mean, games like Starbound, Claire, I mean, they really just dragged me right in. Terraria, Starbound, Claire for me, yep. Yeah, they just really do pull you in. Well, I guess, um, man, my answer to that question, I I tried to, uh, I actually tried not to overthink this. Because there are just so many great systems that came out um, that failed. I mean, you got the uh, even even the Virtual Boy for Nintendo was was fun. I mean, the the things that you had on it were, were really nichey fun. But I gotta I I gotta go. I, with... I couldn't do I couldn't do the Virtual Boy no matter how I adjusted it. After twenty minutes of, of play, I'd be like cross-eyed in a in a migraine. Oh yeah, I, I but, couldn't but, do it. But that, I, I get that with uh, with most of the VR nowadays too. I mean, I can only play it for so long before I'm finally like, oh geez, I, I got to stop or I can't walk. I no, know. I mean, I, I actually hurt right from the get-go. Like it was not comfortable. It was not in focus for me right from the get-go. I just couldn't do it. Well, the only thing I hated about the Virtual Boy was about like you'd have to put it on a table and you'd have to squat and stick your neck down to it. It was just uncomfortable to be right. involved in. That's too. But the but the system that I got a point I gotta I gotta say is my favorite failed system is the Atari Jaguar. Um, yeah, I think price tag is a big killer of that. that it was, expensive. but it came out with so it had so many great titles to it. Um, it had the original Alien vs Predator on it. It had yeah. games like Flashback in Another World, which I am absolutely in love with. I love those two games, and. It had a game that I have yet to see anywhere else. It had a Highlander game. Oh wow! I, I haven't even. I didn't even know that. Yeah, it did. I mean, it had like Mist, and it had you know things like that. But it also it had a Highlander game. I think it was called like the Last Descendant of the McClouds, or the 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 Last McCloud, or maybe McCloud's Last Stand, or something like that. But it was it was something. It was something about the McClouds. I remember it was there, but it was, uh, I mean, the game itself really wasn't that great, you know, so don't, don't think I'm saying that the Highlander game was fantastic, but I have yet to see a Highlander game yep. anywhere else. You're, you're right. It was called Highlander, the last of McClouds. There we go. Yeah. I looked it up. Yeah. But it, it had so many, I mean, it had so many great titles on it. Just, I mean, Mist Alone back in, when the hell did that come out? Like 95 or something? 90. I thought 91 even. Well, no, but I mean for the Atari Jaguar. Oh, okay. Um, it came out mid-90s, I'm just going to say. But, like, Mist, when it came out, Mist was, you know, a block, you know, it was a great game. It was just it was a hit. I loved playing it. And it's just, uh, the, the Atari Jaguar had so many great games. I mean, it had ports. I like the Atari Jaguar, personally. Yeah, it had ports of, you know, some of the main PC games, like, uh, 
like Wolfenstein and Doom. It did have some good um, ports of uh, arcade games too. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, that. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I'm an Atari Lynx right now. That's that's about it. <laughs> I think it even Atari had. Stuff. I think it even had some games that came out on Super Nintendo that they ported over to it, like Zool or Zool Two or something like that. Yeah, I think they did port that one. Yeah, I remember seeing a Zool. I think for. Jaguar. Yeah, and and the cool thing that I liked about the Jaguar is that it even came across and had some of those arcade games, um, like Dragon's Lair and Space Ace. I've come across it several times, like to, it, it retro game stores, but it's just so damn expensive. I can just can't afford to get one these days. Yeah, they're hard to find, man. They are really, really hard to get a hold of. Well, it, it was more of a price. I've came across them quite a few times. I just missed was ninety five. Ah, there we go. Yeah, okay. I thought it was 95. So I was like, I knew it was mid-90s. So I've come across them quite a few times. I just, I don't have the money for them. They're always so damn expensive. Yeah, yeah. And for a retro system, it's just, it's too much to justify. It's like, oh. Yeah, but that, that by far was my favorite. Uh, just because at the time, I didn't have a computer that really could play um, Another World or Flashback or anything like that. Yeah. So just the Atari Jaguar was just like, oh, man. I can play all these games that I love to, that I want to play on a computer, but I don't have to. I can get an Atari Jaguar and I can play them there. So yeah, I'm, I'm definitely going with the Atari Jaguar. That's that's a good one. It, 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 if, yeah, if that was more accessible, I'd pick one up in a heartbeat. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. I just wish it. Uh, I mean, that was really Atari's last big kind of hurrah on trying to do it. Didn't they have a handheld that they tried to do around the time of the Jaguar? They actually had a few. Yeah, I honestly can't say I remember them. Yep, I have one. That's what I was saying before. The only Atari the, yeah, the Lynx or whatever. Yep, I've got the Atari Lynx right here. It was actually full oh, yeah. backlit color screen. I've got an Atari, actually I have one sitting right next to me um, because I sold all my uh, my Atari twenty six hundreds and everything else. I sold off the rest of the Atari stuff, but I have I have the Lynx. Um, yeah, TurboGrafx sixteen was another good one. That's another one that had actually a portable handheld. Was the it was a TurboGrafx sixteen? Right. Yeah. 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 So it's. There's a lot of good failed systems now that you know in retrospect, but I mean, because you know you can't say anything that that uh, anything like Genesis and back was never a failure for Sega, and of course Nintendo didn't have a real failed system except See, for the Wii U until that's re- the you know, thing. recently. Like there are a lot of these systems, like the TurboGrafx-16, the Atari Jaguar, they didn't get the. In my opinion, on this, I could be absolutely you know whatever, but still. I don't think what, they got the right publicity that they should have. Well, the thing was, is a lot of it was that um, <clears throat> a lot of them had actually superior, they were ahead of their time, they had superior technology, right. like Nintendo and stuff. But the problem was, is that they priced themselves out of the market. Yep. We, didn't, right, have the like internet, the we didn't have the amount of reviews we do now, the, everything on the internet to really get in depth. So people are looking at it, well, and, and at the time, it's like, even if it was better, it's like, you know, at first, developers, you had to get developers on board. They didn't always get on board if it was a new, more expensive, you know, is it going to do well? So they had to get the third-party support. And then when you look at it, you're like, oh, I can get this super popular, like, uh, hundreds of games Nintendo for, like, <clears throat> $79, or I can pay 300 for this, you know. Because when you look at some of those prices, some of the prices of the systems back in the day... Yeah, like uh, were, the were really expensive. Neo system. That they were was, all... Uh, that was about... I Two three hundred dollars. No, back in the day, it was uh, seven hundred and something for that Neo system. Oh, I don't the, think it was that. No, I I think it was it was like three hundred or something like that. But it was like it accounts to be seven or eight hundred by today's with the uh, um, inflation rate of inflation. It would say that, but back then it was like two three hundred, which was like inflation. It is like the equivalent of like six seven hundred dollars. 
But that's the thing is, it, it was just they priced themselves out of the market. Uh, actually, they, no. They, they, um, I just I, I hate to I hate to be that guy. Actually, no. What the fuck am I saying? I love being that guy. It was yeah, six hundred and forty nine dollars on release. Yeah. SNK Neo Geo was six hundred and forty nine dollars yeah. on release. It was. Yeah. Yeah. Oh the games, shit! Some of the games were around two hundred bucks. Yeah, it was. Well, uh, yeah. Well, that goes to show my point. They priced themselves right the fuck out of that market. Yeah, but the thing is, they they were releasing it, that system out as a true arcade system, and it really did. It had the it had the hardware of an arcade, and those games were like similar size and shape to the cartridges they actually installed in arcades. Yeah, they're about the size of our keyboards. Yeah, <laughs> they were enormous cartridges. But yeah, they actually did. Yeah, they pretty much were direct ports of arcades. Well, Zyberblood, where can people find you at? Well. People can find me uh, now since my uh, Twitch is working much better. Woo-hoo. You can find me on Twitch at uh, Zyberblood and basically everything else at Zyberblood. Um, if you want to chat, I'm always in the GNA uh, uh, Discord. And that's uh, Z-Y-B-E-R-B-L-O-O-D. D, where can people find you after they were so inclined? They can find me at uh, com website. Microbrewgamers with Izzy, same thing. YouTube, uh, VidMe. I'm on uh, Twitter, uh, Twitch, although I don't stream very often, but I am on Twitch. And of course, they can find me, uh, Microbrewgamers with Izzy, number 8139 for uh, Discord and the Discord chat. So you can always have a chat on there. And uh, of course, Facebook. Pretty much most social media. Very nice. And Mr. David, where can people find you out if they were so inclined to track you down and stalk you? Uh, I'm always on Twitter, so Hailstorm David. Very nice. And I am Cecil Xavier, your host. You can find me at Cecil vs. Games on Twitter, Cecil Xavier on Facebook. I am always in the GNA Discord. Find us there. You can look at the pinned tweet and find us. Um, so, hey, thank you guys for joining in. Um, we want to give a huge shout out to Tahoe Anime. He is the rad artist that creates all of our logos, he's done all of our artwork thus far. He's an awesome guy. Go check him out, Tahoe Anime on Twitter. We hope you enjoyed the show. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes. You can also find us on Android with Google Play Music or Podcast Addict. You can follow us on Twitter, at GNA Podcast, or join our Discord chat like I mentioned before. There is a pinned tweet right on our twi- Twitter feed. Um, we are also going to start playing, and we have started playing and hosting people on our GNA Twitch feed, www.twitch.tv forward Sorry, www.twitch.tv forward slash DNA Twitchcast. We also have a YouTube channel, um, GNA Tubecast. Uh, we are a proud member of the Ninja Pancake community. Find us there at www.ninjapancake.com forward slash GNA. You can also email us at GNA Podcast at GNA in your DNA with questions, comments, death threats, whatever you want. We love to hear from you. Come and tell us if we're wrong. We love when you tell us if we're wrong. Absolutely love those death threats. So come, check us out, hang out. And hey, everybody, thank you guys. D, Zyberblood, David. Thank you guys for joining in tonight. No problem. Always fun. Hope to see you guys around. And if you guys haven't played it, go check out Claire. It's absolutely fantastic. Yes. Epic game. Definitely in my epic list. Have a good night, guys. You as well. Roast, my brother. Take care. Roast. Roast.